36 check. This is a podcast all about law enforcement. Um, my name is Brett. Um, my partner here, he is Jared. We've both been law enforcement uh, for a combined total of 16 years. And our, our goal with this podcast is to just get information out to people from firsthand account to more humanize who we are um, and what we do is a, for a living. There's a lot of bad light cast on law enforcement these days and we're just trying to you know talk to people and give our experiences and maybe have help people get a better understanding of who we are and what we do for work hopefully have some fun along the way you know law enforcement has a lot of good moments moments to be proud of and also some funny moments and we hope to share both as we go through this podcast and uh, like Brett said, more sh- you know, shed some light on uh, the side of law enforcement that you don't see in the media and that you don't see being shared across social media accounts and uh, kind of give people a better idea or better ground as far as where they need to set their opinion on who we are and what we do. Yeah, because with, with everything from all the George Floyd protests, that's been kind of the number one thing in the news these days. That's all we hear about. Big instigator and what's got everyone kind of fired up again. It seems it's, in my opinion, it started with uh, Michael Brown issues and has since just continued to flare up each time something like this happens. And it's hard for people to know what's true and what isn't true and what the media chooses to portray and it's tough. You know, like on that topic, there's one thing the media does is blow stuff up. Absolutely. I, Mike, myself, and Jared both have been involved in incidents that's hit the news, and it's it's interesting to sit back and watch the news, and you never they never get it right. Like down to down to the little details, all the way to the big details, nothing is accurate. I mean, rarely is anything accurate. I mean, we've seen that over and over again. And so I think a lot of people get wrapped up in if it's said on the news, and it absolutely has to be true, and that's that's what happened. And there's so many it, it, one thing. I I've stopped watching the news over the years because I've just in the incidents that I know firsthand have been have the media talked about wrong or portrayed it wrong. Um, I've stopped watching the news because I'm like, well, hell, if they can't get that right, then what am I listening to? I mean, it's all about view count, right? I mean, more people, especially nowadays, are interested in the the alleged shady law enforcement professionals or a call that was handled supposedly incorrectly rather than hearing you know, officer that did something right or that, you know, went above and beyond. People don't seem to care about that as much anymore as the potential mistakes or foul ups. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the point of this podcast is, you know, people can hear what they want from their friends about cops. They can hear their experiences they've had with cops. And, um, this is kind of our chance to just ramble on and talk about some of our views and opinions of what's going on in current events. Um, and and you guys can hear it straight from at least two police officers. I mean, we'll, we'll have guests on the show as, as time goes on, but uh, you'll hear from them. And we've got quite a bit of content planned that I think is good for the public to hear. Uh, and, and most of these things you hear, nobody outside of our spouses or each other ever right. hears this stuff. It's easy to talk with friends or you know guys you work with about stuff like this, but this will be a little different format for us to discuss things we deal with, things we do, and... Uh, like Brett said, between the two of us, you know, over 16 years experience, including time in, you know, the correctional side of things, uh, patrol work, you know, out on the streets, federal task forces, you know, 
specialty assignments of various kinds, instructor level certifications. I mean, I feel like we have a fairly good foundation on to, you know, be able to share our thoughts and views and give you guys a little better idea of who we are and that our opinions and I guess perceptions have foundation, I guess, behind it with our experience. You know, and I, on the topic of uh, corrections and patrol, um, I started my career in the jail, um, which is a totally, totally different animal uh, versus patrol. I think I got a lot of valuable experience in the jail. Um, I got, uh, you know, I had, I had to learn how to use verbal skills because that's all you have to rely on in the jail. Um, what was your take as far as starting on patrol, Jared? I always tell people, you know, I have time being a instructor with police academy cadets, and I always tell them that, you know, be prepared because law enforcement has one of the steepest learning curves, I think, of, you know, dang near any profession out there with, I mean, different things you're expected to be. I mean, from a psychiatrist to a social worker to a doctor to, you know, a legal expert, a lawyer, you're expected to be those things from day one and not only that but no you know criminal code and civil codes and city you know different things like that and it's a steep learning curve for sure i always felt like it was similar to the medical field when it comes to learning curve just that you have so much information well they say drinking from a fire hose absolutely you have so much information to take in and really that doesn't I feel like it doesn't really start to slow down till maybe five years in. You start to feel like you've kind of gotten your feet under you a little bit. And, you know, it's not so much of a absorbing information as being able to show up and kind of know how to approach things. So, right. Yeah, we had, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in the jail that I, that I would use. And then um, as time went on, I realized that uh, a lot of it was usable on the street, but a lot of it wasn't. So, I mean, but I went to the road with a little bit of experience as far as the jail went. Um, but yeah, it was a huge, I mean, it took a long, long time. It's different. It's only gotten more different. I mean, from the time we both started to today, I mean, think about all the different changes and ways we've had to alter what we thought we knew we were doing to the way we do it now. I mean, it's, it's a constantly, you know, ever evolving practice. Oh yeah. Um, and every time we turn around, case laws change things, and uh, policies changing, and and you got to know it. You got to be out there on the street, having understood the new changes to case law and policy, and be able to act in accordance to those new changes. Right. You know, and it seems like everybody gets upset and frustrated when they see the news, and they you're always hearing them complaining about training. They need more training, more training. More tra- I don't think people really understand we drown in training, but the, the climate and the case law changes so much that training is only good for so long. Like it's like it has a shelf life because I mean, look at the academy, the way we were trained to do certain things in the academy, they're not even, they've like changed like four times since then. Oh yeah. Or if not, if not more than that, I mean, I'm sure you, when you guys are teaching the academy, it's a constant revolving door of what you're teaching. Yeah. It changes all the time. And, probably another guest on the show down the road but uh i remember him telling me that he went through a defensive tactics instructor school and they went you know i think it was two days straight and by the third day they came in and told them forget everything we did the last two days we've now changed things and 
those things are no longer approved methods. So I mean, it's just like that, like just like that. So yeah, when they talk about more more training and more, you know, that I mean that's kind of been the, one of the big rants and protests about the George Floyd thing is more more training. But, it's interesting though. I mean, training seems to be a focal point, but in the same sentence as defunding the police, how do you remove large amounts of money from a budget but expect better and higher quality training for officers? Yeah, I mean, you can't have one without the other. No, absolutely not. I mean, half the time over the years I got turned out for training was because they were, you know, money. They said, oh, we, we can't afford it or, we, you know, we can't afford to send you to that or that's, that seemed to be the, the ever popular excuse I was given over the years. I mean, it's a little different now at the department we're at now, but the last two departments before this one, I've all I ever heard. We don't have the money to send you. Yeah. And going back to like the medical practice, I mean, I'm not as familiar obviously with that, but I can't imagine if there was a training or an opportunity out there to sharpen a medical practice skill that they wouldn't be anxious to, you know, get the guy or lady in there to get it done and so they can figure out that new and better way of doing things. You know, I don't know why we're not as anxious to do the same thing. And like you said, a lot of it boils down to money. Yeah. So when, yeah, like you said, you had a good point about the defund the police that's where training money comes from it's from you know the budget we're given if you take that away then there's nothing to pay for an officer to get any more training i mean you look at training costs equipment costs you know, overtime budgets i mean things like that that all kind of combine to making a police department or a law enforcement agency what it is wow. i've seen articles that agencies are losing a third of their overall budget with this whole ordeal and i mean how do you expect that agency to survive yeah dude no no department of any city state government can survive when you cut that much their budget out i'm sure those departments were already you know not having all of their needs met as it was yet alone taking a third of that budget out i mean now what do you want them to do oh yeah they can i mean new cars are always a struggle mm-hmm. that's a huge part of the budget for a police department and when you start cutting out budgets i mean the, the least important things will go first you know but training I'm, it, it it seems like different times that training will fall into a different category of priority or not priority um, like i says in previous departments i've been at it was definitely a low priority for them and it's frustrating to us as patrol guys because we want the training we want to go out and embed our skills um yeah, so like all the myth that we need more training, if anybody's thinking it's not us that wants it, that's 100% untrue. I've never met an officer who doesn't love going to training. We love yeah, it. definitely. Yeah, so it's, you know, and, and as far as the George Floyd thing goes, I mean, I, I feel like we should speak somewhat freely on this program, you know, about our thoughts and opinions on that. And the one thing that's been frustrating with me with the George Floyd thing is, they, the protesters are ranting and they're raving. Um, they're protesting. I don't. I don't understand what the problem is because, yes, that officer that knelt on his throat, he's been charged criminally. He's been charged with murder and quickly. And quickly, it's like what? What is it that more they want us to do? Yeah, I mean, it's not like we let the guy go. I mean, he has been charged with a crime. What, absolutely. What more can? What more can they do? And like I said, from the the actual act of what he did to being charged and taken into custody, for me, was, I mean, record time for these types of incidents. I mean, now we're just getting, you know, 
body or not i guess not body cam footage i guess I think it was a cell phone video that surfaced that was showed the earlier parts of the incident that maybe have been added some discrepancies into the initial accounts of what occurred and i mean it's hard because like i said i feel like they took the officer into custody and charged him quickly but now are we going to get more more evidence or more information that maybe they rushed it a little bit not to say what he did was okay by any means but you still got to do your due diligence to look at the whole issue, you know, the totality right. of everything that occurred prior to making any type of decisions as far as charges or punishments or penalty. We got to know what happened and how and when and who was involved. And, you know, it's, it's a process. Right. Well, and that's brings up another good point is like, look at Atlanta when that officer shot that other guy just right after the George. Well, oh, right the now. Wendy's, the Wendy's thing. Yeah. 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 And their prosecutor, who clearly doesn't like police, had him charged within hours, even a day maybe, and without even doing an investigation, he had him charged. And again, this is obviously a pro-law enforcement podcast, but that one for me is even more clear that it was not wrongdoing on the officer's part. I mean, the George Floyd one, obviously, we're still hearing more about it, and I want to be careful with that one, but this one in Wendy's... I'm on the officer's side on this one, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so all you got to do is watch the video. Yeah. And especially from an officer's standpoint, I mean, we've we've been in those in those situations. You'll you'll get the Monday morning quarterbacks of citizens who will watch these videos, and given they've never been in situations like that, um, most people have never been in anything even remotely like that. And as an officer, and we live in a relatively low key relatively quiet spot. I mean, it's, we're not in North Chicago. Right. Um, but we've had our, our fair share of, you know, high, high adrenaline. Absolutely. Moments. And you, like, I'm going to watch that video a lot different than say my parents will. Yeah. Absolutely. Or my wife will. You're uh, looking at it through the glasses of your training experience. Yeah. You know, things that you've witnessed and it all changes your perception of the overall you know, right. facts of what occurred. And, and, and you'll get the citizens that'll, that'll pick apart the video. But like we were saying, A, they've never been in a situation like that to really know what that's like to go through that. B, video cameras and body cameras, I've said this forever and I'll continue to say it, they only tell a small portion of what happened. They, they, might, they might prove or disprove certain facts, but no video camera, no body camera will ever show the emotions of the officer it will never show um what they were thinking or what they were perceiving um those are open to interpretation when somebody watches the video and so you'll get a lot of people that'll jump to conclusions and yeah i'll, I'll be the first to say I, i'm always wanting to take the officer's side i always want to assume that their acts were you know in uh, uh good faith well let's be clear about this at this point that's because the profession as a whole, that is who we are. They're, the whole portrayal nowadays that we're a bunch of crooked individuals that are out there to you know, hurt people or not serve justice is a fallacy. By profession, by and large, we are guys and ladies out there trying to do the best we can to serve and protect. Yes, just like in any profession, there are going to be a few that you know, aren't as anxious to do things the right way, but it is such a fraction of a percent in the overall picture of who we are and what we do as a profession that 
I mean, it's just not what's being painted on the media and social media accounts today. And it's frustrating for the rest of us that, that are out there trying to do the right thing. I've seen it quoted a couple times recently that nobody hates a bad cop like a good cop. And I think that's true. But actual numbers of bad cops out there is a fraction of a percent. You know, I heard an interesting thing just the other day that was very similar to that. That was um, a good cop who sees a bad cop. And like you said, there are bad cops out there. Sure. We won't argue that. And it said that a good cop who sees a bad cop do something bad and doesn't do anything about it is himself a bad cop. And I agree with that. But one thing people don't understand, it's, it's not like I know every single thing that every one of our officers is doing. If I see something or if Jared sees something that if someone's getting their rights violated or excessive force is being used and we see that, we're, we're going to stop it. I mean, any good officer is going to do that. And like you said, the percentage of officers that are you know, bad is so small. Absolutely. And I don't understand why they don't focus a little bit more on... I mean, it's just this... I don't know if it's this generation or whatever it is, but a lot of these people that um, have been killed by police, why are we ignoring the fact they were criminals breaking the law? And I know for... I, for one, would like to take every avenue possible to not kill somebody. Absolutely. And I think anybody... I mean, maybe not everybody, but I'd say the vast majority of officers feel that same way that we are willing to take any avenue and use that as a last resort and sometimes that last resort happens immediately it's not like we have time to work up to um up to that sometimes it goes from first contact and immediately it's deadly force because that other person chose that i mean point of advice to go with what you're saying if you're someone listening to this podcast that has some of these types of feelings about being you know anti-cop and not wanting to have dealings with the cops point number one don't break the law and you'll never see us we'll never have a reason to come question you about things or you know what you're involved in or you know things like that if you don't like the cops don't break the law yeah simple as that that. all these cases that people want to argue or try to you know go through with a fine-tooth comb that's fine but you're right the bottom bottom line you had an individual there that was breaking the law so the quickest way to not deal with us is don't break the law. Right. And, you know, we get a lot of people that, like, get the sovereign citizen thing. That's another thing that drives me absolutely freaking crazy is these people, for those that don't know what a sovereign citizen is, it's like, um, what, you know, if you have contact with a normal person and you talk to them, they'll talk to you back. They'll give you appropriate responses. And we're not saying that you're breaking the law. It's just, well, obviously, we have a reason to contact you. Um, but you'll get the sovereign citizen who in, insists they don't have to tell you anything that they, they don't they, subscribe to the laws of the state or yeah. local government. They want to be their own entity and have their own you know, list or set of rules that they adhere to that are not and often contrary to what the state or local governments have to say. Yeah, they feel like like they feel like they don't need a driver's license. They have, they have freedom to drive without a driver's license. And they, yeah, they'll refer to themselves in like third person. It's the strangest thing. We've all encountered them. Uh, they're not common, at least not around where we're at, but we do encounter them uh, from time to time. But uh, it's, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Just, you know, people are just, I don't know, it's interesting to have to deal with them and things like that. And 
I think a lot of these people that cops come in contact with, like I said, obviously they've broken the law or why else would they be dealing with them? But my second point of advice would be if you're dealing with law enforcement in any capacity, your best bet, whether you like them or not, or whether you agree with what they're doing or not, your best bet is to be respectful and comply and do what they're asking you to do. And if you disagree, that's why we have our court system. And that you can have your day in court and you can air your grievances and you know voice your concerns about what, what, what happened or why it happened or who said what. That's where you go discuss those things. But it'll never turn out the way you want it to turn out if you're disrespectful, confrontational, you know, difficult with the law, law enforcement professional you're working with. I mean, those, if you follow those two rules of either don't break the law. And if you do, and you get caught, be respectful and comply and things will go a lot better for you than if you try to fight, argue like the Atlanta deal, pull an officer's taser and point it at them. What, what do you think is going to happen? Right. I mean, yeah, and that's, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, the outcome with most people that I deal with, a lot of that outcome hinges on their attitude and their respect towards me. And I, I give even the people I don't want to give respect to, I, I give them all I can. So I can't sit back and say, I, you know, I didn't treat you the way I wanted to be treated. And, right. and I'll, a lot of times I'll give people that heads up right off the bat. This, you have a little bit of control over how this goes. And it's going to be, if we treat each other like people, great. It will probably go better for you. But if, if you want to behave like an animal towards me while I am treating you with respect, no. I mean, if you're going to behave like a child, I'll treat you like one. And, you know, as we go through this, this podcast, I'm a very data-driven person. I like empirical facts and numbers that paint a picture of, you know, whatever you're looking at. I'd like to bring the statistic to the table and I don't have it with me today, unfortunately, but I've seen it produced several times as far as the number of police involvements across the nation, you know, contacts with people, calls they've responded to, et cetera, that went without incident, that went without force being used. And it's, it's astronomical. The number of times we deal with the public or deal with a citizen or respond to a call that goes without any problems that no force is used, you know, things go the way they need to go and everyone walks away just fine. But yet we only focus on again, the fraction of the percent where people feel like, you know, things were handled incorrectly. And even that fraction of a percent, a fraction of that were actually handled incorrectly. And the data just doesn't follow the narrative that's being told right now. And that's, it would be nice to know why, the media doesn't care about the good things. They don't care about the good the good deeds done. It's like you can't turn on the news and see anything good. It's all you see is it's just law negative. enforcement issues or you know people upset with what was done or how it was done. That's all your. That's the only window people have to look at law enforcement through anymore. And it's tough. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. It'd be nice to see some good news once in a while, and it just doesn't seem like. I mean, I guess that just doesn't sell ratings. Um, the good story. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, us as, I mean, I, one day, not that this is, makes me a hero, but I mean, one day I see an old lady out trying to get leaves out of her curb and get her. And she was like 80 years old. And I stopped and I helped her fill her bag and all that. And I, di- I didn't expect any recognition at all out of that. But I thought, man, here I, I could do this 10 times a day. 
but one mistake I make or one negative thing I'm involved in, and boy, that catches everybody's attention, and it's interesting how that works. And the positive you've done is completely irrelevant completely. if you're ever in a situation that people disagree. Yeah, all the good or other contexts you've had that went without incident are irrelevant. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, that's tough. You know, it, it is, the media is definitely something that I, as I mentioned earlier, I just, I detest it. You know, when I, when I see Trump saying fake news to CNN, I applaud it because it's true. And CNN's not the only one who does fake news. I mean, they pretty much all do. Um, nothing is reported accurately. I mean, journalism today is probably the, the worst it's ever been. I can't imagine it getting worse. I can't imagine, I can't imagine the future bringing worse journalists and what they report on. It's, I mean, I've, I've been on duty before when a press call has come in over the silliest thing I've ever heard of in my life, yet the big deal thing that happened yesterday doesn't, doesn't right. matter. So it's, you never know what, what they're going to decide is newsworthy and what they decide isn't. And, you know, this little first episode we've got going on, uh, maybe it feels like we're ranting a little bit, but I think these are all little tidbits of things that we hope to discuss more in detail as we go through, uh, you know, police use of force, media portrayal of law enforcement, uh, you know, things like that. But also I hope to share some of the lighthearted stuff that we do, some of the funny things that happen and things you deal with that society just, you know, would, wouldn't believe that we have to deal with things like we do. And as we go through, you know, I said, hopefully we can hit each of these topics with a little bit more detail and, so also shed some positivity on the things that we do, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a good profession. I enjoy what I do. I think it's needed in our society today. I mean, we saw what happened in what Seattle with the whole attempt at not having law enforcement. I mean, <laughs> what a joke! Yeah, well, that, well, it was a joke. I, I mean, mean, we're talking about a social experiment that fell on its face, though, and it I did mean, so in days. Oh yeah. I mean, did, I even heard about a guy that was part of that that he got hurt, and he was suing the the local PD for not responding quick enough to help him. And it's like, well, wasn't that the point you wanted them out of there? You can't have your cake and eat it too. I right, mean, right. pick, do you want us around or not? You know, and I definitely subscribe to the fact that police are needed. They'll always be needed. And unfortunately, if you want my honest opinion, we're just going to be needed more as we keep progressing as a country. And, and I know that we'll have, good men and women out there doing the job and trying to do it the right way, the best way they know how and for the right reasons. Right. So, yeah, like Jared was saying, we'd like to, you know, as the episodes go on, just, yeah, discuss in detail a lot more of the stuff that kind of makes us tick and makes us come to work each day and, and just kind of right the ship a little bit as far as what's true and what isn't. Um, if you as listeners have a topic that you've always wondered about or questions that you have, I mean, we're happy to delve into that with our knowledge and experience on the topic and not to say we're the leading experts, but I feel like we have a fair amount to share and uh, might be able to answer some questions or shed some light on a topic you've been wondering about. And kind of what I want to do is just learn as a group and kind of be together in this time and you know, get a better perception of what's actually going on out there. Yeah. And we will be having guests on the show in upcoming episodes, some people we work with personally, and probably some others from other agencies to get kind of their take from their uh, area that they work in. 
um, on some of these topics. So, guys, check back in. Uh, we'll try to do these. What do you think? Once a week? I hope to. Yeah. Once, twice a week. Uh, at the moment, me and Jared are working opposite shifts, so it kind of makes it difficult. But uh, we're going to try try to do it as often as we can. So, subscribe to us and uh, share with your friends. Help us get the word out. I think the more participation we get in, you know, topics like this, the better and more broad understanding we'll all we'll all get from it. So, all righty, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you on the next one.